Welcome to another episode of To The Fulls with Jason Froberg. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, give us a like, ring the bell, follow us on social media. Today on the podcast, my good friend, Anthony Cosmano. Hello, Mr. Froberg. How you doing today? I'm doing uh, fantastic. Uh, I could be better. I got this thing going on right here. I, was, but, I uh, saw that. What, what are you, you doing? Know? Arm wrestling competition? Yeah. No, we were uh, screwing around. My, uh, my youngest brother came into town from the Air Force and... Uh, we took him out. He just got, he eloped. And so we took him out for a little bachelor party thing and, you know, celebrate the marriage. And uh, I hurt myself uh, at this axe throwing place, not getting hit by an axe, but we actually, uh, I jammed uh, I jammed this shovel head into the wall super hard. And I was goofing around like it wouldn't come out. And I put one foot up and held myself up. And I was like, look at that shit. That thing's in there good. And then the second I picked my other foot up, the fucking shovel head just comes hauling ass out of the wall and I overextended my elbow real good into the ground and just just mess my arm up solid. Thankfully it's not broken or anything. Uh, but, but the story will live on once you heal. Yeah, exactly. I'll be fine. Until then but, just lie, tell people you got in a fight. Got in a fight, yeah. yeah. Always got in a fight. It's always fun starting the story off with uh, I was in I was axe throwing and my arms all right. fucked up. Everyone's like, oh shit, did you throw a an axe into your arm? No. No, nothing that good. Yeah. And, uh, and no alcohol involved either. Well, everyone else was drinking. I was actually so sure the designated driver. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> You're exactly. the designated driver with the busted arm. Yeah, I wasn't the designated driver on the way home, unfortunately. Thankfully, my brother also doesn't drink, so... Uh, oh, good. So he drove us home, but, you know, I volunteered my services and then fucked myself all up real good. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it was fun, man. We were, we were downtown, and uh, here, actually, we just hooked up this, uh, this cellular phone. Of uh, let's see here. We'll go to this one here, and I think I'm on. Wonk. Here's no, here me we go. Throwing some axes at some targets. Oh, oh, oh. terrible! It's all right. Terrible throw. It's better I than I would have done. A, I should have found a video where I nailed it, huh? Yeah, I, I drink I way too much to get into that sport. That there it goes. Hey, look at that, like a hey. champ. Hey. Yeah, the future is a lumberjack. I know, right? And then uh, finally, this one was pretty cool too. My buddy, uh, my buddy Ray Ray, he got the uh, Ooh. the shaft. I don't know how he got the axe handle in backwards, but he threw that thing follow hard through. as hell, man. That's, that's some follow through. Yeah, fucking big time follow through, man. And they serve beer at the axe throwing place. Yeah, they do, man. So it's like, give me a pitcher of beer and give me some axes. Let's get out here. Let's yeah, do it's, this. it's downtown on Fremont Street. There's my stud of a brother, Chatty, tossing axes as well. Oh, man. And, uh... It does freaking... not like seem like a wise investment to me. No, man. It's, it's pretty <laughs> dangerous, dude. And like, oh, bullseye. How yeah, awesome that. is that, man? That's some skills right there. Yeah. Let me see if I can find Eric, the uh, the actual bachelor here, tossing some stuff. Um, oh, here's that little goober. Let me rewind that a little bit. Whack. Look at that. He was having a friggin' blast. You could tell. He was all pumped up. He threw that thing, and he, he curled back like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he gets some super axes. stoked, I'll man. I'll take three of them. Give me three. Yeah, he was, he was, uh, he's a rowdy little fucker, man. <laughs> but, yeah, he married this beautiful, uh, beautiful girl named Lena. Oh, congratulations. And, uh, we took him out celebrating. Oh, here's the big Yeah, look at boy. that. He, not, even, not, even, not even waiting. God, we're right back with the axe. We're going to line this up. Yeah, yeah. Should we go overhead? Overhead. We're going overhead, the tomahawk chop. Oh, see, see that shit bounce back at you, man? I, well, well, 
What do you think I meant when I said dangerous. it's a horrible idea? Yeah, it, it is pretty dangerous. Yeah, good shot. But yeah. it's fun. Like everyone's just screwing up in the first part of it, you know, and then uh, and then it gets going, man. <laughs> He's gonna love that I'm That's showing amazing. him miss a bunch. So did uh, was the wedding done by Elvis in the typical Vegas fashion? Uh, actually, they. Uh, they eloped in uh, Washington. He's from Washington uh, now. He joined the Air Force. And, uh, and yeah, he freaking... Uh, let me turn this off here. Bam. There we go. Yeah, he, uh, he just went out with him and a couple of his Air Force buddies and got married under a waterfall. Pissed my mom off real good. That's for sure. I know. So, I mean, didn't have Elvis there. I'd be didn't have too. Elvis there. I mean, how can you get married without Elvis? You eloped. Elvis wasn't there. Waterfall. I mean, didn't invite mom. Yeah, oh, my man. mom was pissed. He knew that too. He was. He was. He's telling me a story about him describing exactly how it was going to happen when he called and told my my mom and my dad about it, and it went exactly according to plan. Which is, <laughs> you know, my dad was super cool with. It. He's like, "Congratulations, awesome!" You know, my mom's like, "That motherfucker!" You and know, both parents here in town in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, they're both here in town. That's so. great. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, we just celebrated my dad's 70th birthday, same weekend. Oh, so wow. He came out for the 70th, and then we took him out for a little surprise party, and then... Uh, 70 is a big one. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I can't believe he made it. <laughs> so. I'm sure he's going to be happy to hear that one. Yeah, exactly, man. You know, he's a, he's a You made it to 70. Man. We didn't think you were going to make it, Dad, but you pulled through on this one. <laughs> you know, you're going to get to a point where you're going to be like... He's never going to go, you know? Oh, you're yeah. At the Jerry Garcia point where you're just like, nothing kill him. Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be the case, man. You know, he tied one on pretty hard for his birthday, that's for sure. Yeah. And uh, he's just an indestructible uh, tank, man, you nice. know? He used to party with him. the Hells Angels and... Uh, you know, he's just for his, his 70th birthday, just, you know, really bringing it. And he just knows how to pile back as much booze and everything else as he possibly can. <laughs> Unstoppable. I love man. him already. Oh yeah. Man he's a lot my of fun. Uh, speaking of booze, I might as well grab me a beer. I know uh, you don't drink, you but I did, uh, yeah. I've been on my travels lately. Uh, did a little trip down to, uh, Arizona, went to Bisbee, Tombstone, uh, Tucson, little beercation, you know, in between everything getting reopening and shutting back down again. So I brought this uh, beautiful little number here. Oh, left, right, left. Le- yeah, nice. it's the cheat code. So I figured, you cheat know, if code we get in trouble here, we got the cheat code always going. From That's from Tombstone Brewing. It's okay. a beautiful little hazy beer. <laughs> Love it. Delicious. Yep. So I'm sorry you can't share it with me. But I am too. I will, uh, I will definitely... Uh, Enjoy it with you. Yeah, man. Cheers, brother. Yes, cheers. cheers. I got my uh, I got my coffee going, so you know, we'll do that thing right there. My last vice left. Yeah, in, I in, can't in, do in coffee. The last man. thing you really want to see is me all wired up on Clanky. caffeine. I mean, shoot. Ooh, cheers, everyone. Here you go. Bow. Cheers. Grab one yourself. Enjoy. Absolutely. Nice and cold. Support your local breweries. I'm a big fan of supporting local businesses, especially local breweries right here. Don't know if you can see. My Mojave Mo- Brewing Mojave Company. Mojave Brewing, Henderson, Nevada. Some great beers down there if you're ever in the area. Great place to stop down. Tie in a couple cold ones. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, my buddy James, he does a, a couple brewing companies up in uh, Utah. He loves making beer. Some it's a lot of fun there. and... Yeah, it's just a good, it's like a passion job, you know? It's not your regular regular job. You really do that because you love it. Yep, yep. I mean, it's an art form. As much as it's a Absolutely. job, it's an art form. And, you know, that's a thing like uh, 
over the years, I've grown to appreciate more because I've traveled. I've been to over 125 different breweries. And, uh, you know, I do a little home brewing myself. And uh, usually when you get in, you start talking with people. You see how much is going on, how creative things are going on. Uh, like when I was down uh, in Bisbee, there was this one head brewer. Uh, he just bought this. Uh, I forget his name. I think it's Joe. He just bought a, a electric brewery, electric beer down in uh, Bisbee. And uh, he has the, uses this Kvike yeast, which is kind of a very rare yeast. And uh, it, instead of fermenting between like 68 and 72 Fahrenheit, this thing can ferment from like 74 to 102. So it's a really cool, crazy yeast. And, you know, he had some just knowing what I learned over the last few years just about that little yeast strain and then talking with him about it. It's just like, boop, you know, someone doing something artistic, creative, out of the box, you know, but it, it's just a beer. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah, beautiful, you know. Yeah, I remember uh, last time we were talking, you were uh, you were uh, considering brewing your own beer and everything like that. Yeah, I've done a couple batches. I've done about four or five different batches of home brew. We've come okay, but you know, I'm like I said, I'm always learning, trying to learn more, and I've got a lot of friends here that are in the home brewers with me, and they are just amazing. They're doing some crazy stuff, and always uh, always something creative and new, you know, and. It's a real little passionate community when you get into the brewers. It's like we have, what, maybe about 15, 16 breweries here now in town. And, but when you get into it and you start meeting everybody, they're all tied in. You know, all the head brewers know each other. All the people who work at all the breweries know each other. So it's a nice little, you know, subculture we have going on here, and it's improving. You know, like when I first moved here, Holy Cow was maybe, and maybe Ellis Island were like maybe the only two breweries. Yeah. Now we got them open in a couple of years, you know. It's a uh, it's a booming industry, man. I mean, who doesn't want to make beer for a living? That's yeah, could be a worse job. You yeah, know? I mean, in it's funny, you know, you'll go out to Death Valley, and there's two breweries out in Death Valley. There's Death Valley Brewing Company and Tacopa Brewing Company, and just these little breweries. Excuse me, off the beaten path, doing cool stuff. You know, great, you know, great little day trip for us from here from Vegas takes about an hour or something to get out there, but nice little community, and uh, always good time. You know, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, I uh, I'll have a Heineken Zero every once in a while. That's about. That's it for me, man. Right. Next uh, next week it's actually ten years officially, man. Good for September you. September eleventh will be ten friggin' years. I can't believe it, man. So yeah, and I always said uh, to like get to this point, I was like, if I can make it ten years, I'll be fine. I could start drinking again, you know. And now I'm like, now it's coming up. I was like, no fucking way. Don't want man. to. Yeah, right. I don't even want to anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, my life got so much better that I'm just like. Yeah, that's not for me anymore. Right. Man. Yeah, it's different for everybody, you know. Oh, like yeah. some people can have a couple and be fine. Some people go down that bad road. I mean, alcohol yeah. is definitely a powerful drug, and a lot of people don't appreciate it and respect it for what it is. And you definitely should. Oh yeah, man. Always respect it. Yeah, I was never a couple kind of guy. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> not, that's not my personality. <laughs> see, no, see, I've been told Anthony likes the taste of beer because I drink slow usually, like. I'll go out, my friends will be on their second or third one, and I'm still nursing my first, you know. I'm just, I take my time, I enjoy it, you know. I'm not in a rush. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. We're, the train will get there. That's the beautiful way to do it, man. Yeah, and of Absolutely. Course. Of course. And so I'm digging your uh, shirt, by the way. Oh, yes, man. another uh, local business here. I don't know if we got a shot here. We got the there you go. positive difference. This is the uh, do local dog rescue here. And... Uh, and you know, so I pop it up here on if you want on the computer. I got a little if yeah, anybody's interested in donating or checking it out. Positive difference. Uh, uh, 
pet rescue. You can you can look right online there, see the adoptable pets they have. You can make a donation. You know, it's a great. They have events going on. Get involved. They're a great little group. It's all local, Las Vegas, no kill. So if you're ever on there and you feel like checking it out, there's their number at the bottom. There's their email. I'm sure they would love to hear from it or any help they can get, any donations, you know. That's yeah, a, man. That's a, a fantastic, fantastic cause, man. I am a big fan of the uh, the pet adoption. I'm a, I, I am an advocate for that. Anybody that's talking about getting a dog, I always kind of go out of my way and send them like a dozen dogs they can adopt instead of going to one of those puppy mills and investing in that. Oh, my baby, Daphne. Where's Daphne at? No, she was she was getting some loving over here. <laughs> she was getting some loving. Oh, she's running around looking yeah. for love. My she's Daphne girl, girl right here is uh, she's an adopted puppy as well, and uh, you know it's just you're saving a life, man. You're making something. Yeah, special all my dogs happen. are rescues. All my dogs are rescues. My my little Fedor, who I lost this year, was a rescue I found when I was in Florida. One day I was on my way to work and I see this little thing spinning in the road. Yeah, and it's. My little chihuahua, you know, never saw myself with a chihuahua. Next thing I know, I've got a little four-pound chihuahua, but he was great. One of the best dogs I've ever had. And now, you know, I've got his sister, uh, well, adopted sister, of course, uh, Cora. And then I got little Josie, who I, I was actually on my way home from work about a, about three years ago. And uh, little dog running in the road, you know, scooped her up, saved her, went and got the chip. No one seemed to know who the dog was, so... However, how many years later now, she's still got her, and she's, you know, they don't forget it. Never, They never forget when they've been rescued. Yeah, there she is. I got my little puppy dog. They, they never forget it. Who's a baby? Who's my baby? It's definitely the best way to go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she always loves hanging out in the uh, studio. Rescue dogs never forget. They know the one that saved them. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, she lives in here. Sure, there's her little spot right here on the rug back here, and I'm always working on stuff, and she just hangs out, and you know, she's my she's my wingman, yeah, my wing girl. So you're her favorite. Oh yeah, she loves me. She loves well, of course, both of us. But I give her all the love in the world, and Angela's the mom. Angela's like <laughs> discipline, and you know, get off the couch, and I'm just like. Whatever mom says, <laughs> give her that belly. <laughs> Here's that treat. Here's that treat that yeah. they said you shouldn't have. Uh, That's everybody in my house. I'm like, don't give them this. Don't give them table food. And then they sneak it on them. And I'm like, you know, I know you're giving it to them, you know, because <laughs> the dogs are not, you know, especially Josie. She knows her marks, you know. She knows her easy marks. So dinner time rolls around. She saddles up next to the easy mark, you know. So. She knows better than to look at me. She's like, ah, oh, Sue's at the table. All right, you're the easiest one. I'm coming next to you. We'll see what you got. Yeah. <laughs> that was my old dog, Casey. He wouldn't even eat human food, man. He would just eat whatever we're having for dinner, he's having for dinner. He was so spoiled rotten, but that dog lived to be like 17 years old, and he just happiest little fat puppy in the world <laughs> but i love dogs man they bring me so much joy i've been actually considering uh starting to volunteer at some of the shelters and just helping like take care of some of these dogs just you know like once a week or a couple times a month or something like that just to go and get back to the the dog population out there man. yeah and just... there's going to be a lot more need too because i know a lot of people especially over the pandemic adopted a lot of dogs and now a lot of people are going to be going back to work and yeah lot, i'm sure a lot of people are going to find out this dog was maybe a little too much responsibility for me or yeah so it's definitely a good time yeah i mean now like i said i just lost fedora in february you know maybe maybe this winter rolls around i might look for one more little one 
But, you know, my two little girls right now, they're old. They're about 10. So the last thing they, I'm sure they want is a little puppy running around. But you find yeah. a dog that's five and six, you know, that needs an adoption. Perfect. Oh, yeah. We um, we were just about to adopt this little three-legged chihuahua. The Angela has a special place in her heart for the <laughs> tripods. And uh, and I wanted to get her one, you know, because it's good to adopt. Nobody really wants to take it take on the responsibility of one of those dogs anything with extra responsibility yeah sometimes it, you know they can't see beyond it you know yeah but, yeah that's a great thing if you can do it you know yeah we're looking for one still uh you know i the the people of the uh little chihuahua we were gonna get uh they they ended up taking her back whenever i started filling out paperwork and going to grab her you know and they were just like oh maybe we should Maybe we should keep this one. Ah, it's great. Yeah, her home. good. That's what, you, that's what you're looking family. for. That's what you're looking for, and you're still yeah. open to finding another one. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, man. You know, eventually, you know, it's good to ha- give Daphne somebody to hang out with. Because uh, <laughs> you're always playing video games. Yeah, you know. <laughs> we're always working on this stuff in here. working on some audio stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, this freaking studio, man. It's beautiful. Live in this place. You did place, a great job. You Thank you. You did a very nice job. I mean, you got everything. It's, you know, I've worked in the business a little bit. Yeah, months from time to time. So I've, you know, it looks great. I mean, like I was saying, you could work here f- remotely, and you'd be, you'd be doing all right. I mean, a lot of things are going that way now too. It is, man. Yeah. And uh, I do well. I do like the Skype podcasts are great, man. You know, nice. I, at first I didn't want to. I, mean, I set up all this multi-camera shots and like this nice setup with these good microphones in the studio. But it's like, you know, people don't really care if I'm Skyping the conversation or if I'm talking face to face with someone. It's about the same thing. It's an interview. I think the the online interviews are a little more sterile. Like when I'm sitting across from you, it, right. there's a you know an energy exchange that occurs, and it's a little more comfortable. I think a little more analog. Yeah, a little more analog, a little less digital. Yeah, but I'm happy to do a bunch of work streaming from home, man. That's oh, pretty yeah. damn sure. Yeah, no, I've got some friends. That's what all they've been doing since. Like one of my friends, he does translation booths. You know where they? Oh yeah. But he doesn't do any of the translation. He just monitors them. So he just sits at home, pops things up on the TV, and he watches. And that's. That's awesome. <laughs> like, that's great. Yeah, freaking I love it. Yeah, I just did a bunch of translation here. We did uh, five languages for this little show that uh, was put on. And, you know, they they were talking in English. And I put it up on the screen and give my translator's headphones and send it back to him all time-aligned. Ready and to go. Great work. Great that's money, beautiful. you know. I'm that's happy beautiful. to do it. I'm all for the remote working. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And more of it. I'd love to keep making money off the studio I built here, man. Yeah. So. No, I mean, it's an investment. And that's make your investment work for you for sure oh yeah well, i know a lot of people too been beefing up the equipment over the pandemic oh yeah well it was all disappearing thankfully i was able to put this together as soon as fast as i did i had it all going by march nice. and uh and by like may june like all this stuff had doubled in value because there just wasn't any of mm-hmm. it and so i i lucked out that i jumped on it as fast as i did man nice. some of it you just can't get Right. And even like um, now that things are coming back, I've been doing club installs and like rebuilding different venues around town, and uh, and just getting the gear is is a real pain in the butt. Yeah. I mean, it takes months sometimes to get some of the gear that I need for these clubs, and I've been just hustling trying to find used gear from anybody I can just to get the jobs done. And I mean, it's crazy out yeah. there right well, now. I know a lot of places had sales once the pandemic started. A lot of places got liquidated a lot of their stuff. So I know, oh, yeah. you know a lot of places were getting rid of gear and stuff right in the beginning, you know, March, last March, or, you know, she's not last March, a year ago, March. Wow. I know, right? Flies so fast. Almost two years dealing with this bullshit, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been amazing, though. The things that we've had to learn to adapt to. I was actually watching a video 
I love YouTube videos. I love the real life videos, you know, all the crazy stuff out there. And I'm, for some reason, I was watching some video about a guy who uh, he was getting interrogated or, you know, a police interrogation. And uh, he was saying how he had, he's been sick with the flu and he's just sitting there coughing into his jacket. And they're not thinking anything about it. And I look at the date and it's, you know, 2018. I'm like, oh, man, yeah. you know, nowadays he's like, oh, I've had the flu. I'm fine. And the cop doesn't even think about it twice. It's just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to keep asking your questions. Like nowadays, <laughs> you know, you'd have everybody have masks on and, uh, you know, times have changed very quickly. Oh, yeah, man. And uh, I think some of it's for the better and some of it's just a nuisance man like i like that people are sterilizing things finally love that like as a ocd person kind of you know slightly i'm not really but you know it's like i'm just aware that everything's covered in snot and shit and like you know like every doorknob you touch you know it's like i'd say 70 percent of people don't wash their hands after they go to the bathroom Mm -hmm. regardless of which number it is you know so it's just like feces on everything and you know People are sneezing in the air and just covers the whole, like literally everything you're touching out in public is just One covered in One of the things I love about Vegas. Yeah. Don't have to touch the toilet to flush it. Yes. You go out, everything's, you know, you don't get to touch the sinks. You know, everything is pretty automated, so. It's a beautiful you, thing. You forget, though. You travel somewhere else and you go somewhere, you're like, oh, I got to. I don't want to fl- try to get your, f- you know, trying to get your foot up there. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm not touching that. I gotta, oh, no, next guy will do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that is definitely one benefit. I like that people sterilize stuff. Yeah, everything's you know? a lot cleaner. I love that, especially in this town. Like, I mean, no offense to the smokers, but I'm not yeah. a smoker, and yet used to be, you know, especially with a. Oh yeah, everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. It's everywhere. Now at least they clean that up a little better, which is nice. It is nicer for me. I don't smoke. I quit smoking when I quit drinking. So ten years now as well. I haven't had a cigarette. Wow, and, uh, good for you. you yeah, it was geez, you're great a great decision. You're I am great, a quitter, man. Great quit. I mean, I am a big time. I don't quitter. tend to like quitters, but yeah, I'll make an exception. I did quit cigarettes too. I smoked for sixteen years before I finally quit. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, for me, yeah. Now it's been fifteen years since I've had one. So yeah, that was another thing. Once I got by that initial month, I was just like. I'm done. Yeah. You know, they just, that's usually what it takes is a month. Yeah. Up until then, it, it, it took a lot longer. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like, man, I go a few, cup three weeks and then I'm back smoking again. And then mm-hmm. it was just, it was so hard to quit. And, you know, I know it's hard, you know, but, you know, a lot of people underestimate how hard it is. But, man, it was one of the hardest things I ever did was quitting smoking cigarettes because they're everything, yeah. you know. It's a oral fixation. It's a hand thing. It's a cool as fuck thing. I mean, oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's like a, it's like a, um, you know, it's like your best friend. It's always there for you. You know, you get stressed out. You always have that to lean on. Well, that was it. That was it. But it doesn't solve stress. It's just like, it's a, it's all in the head. So if I can release it just through my head. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was it. I mean, now I just cope with other drugs. Ah. (laughs) No. (laughs) But yeah, I still like the smell of cigarettes too, man. Mm. You still like the smell of cigarettes? Ooh. It still smells delicious to me. Really? Yeah. Oh no, I don't like to smell cigarettes. No. No, some nights out in the casinos, I get home and I'm just like, oh my goodness. Oh, I don't like it on my clothes, but like in the moment when someone's puffing uh, on one, I'm like, oh, that takes me back a little bit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Philip Morris, the yeah. things you do to me. Ah. It's, in my, it's in my brain forever. <laughs> you know? That's just how it goes, man. Yeah, I've been, uh, but yeah, the, the dude, I quit fucking everything during COVID. Like, got completely out of it, man. That's awesome. Eating vegetables and drinking water now. Jeez. And like, the coffee's the last thing to go, man. I get Beard rid of went. it and it comes back, and I get rid of it and it comes back. Uh, 
I have like crazy work shifts and I'm like, fuck it, man. I haven't slept in three days. I'll have some coffee. The second I break it, I'm like, well, I had one yesterday. You know? <sighs> and then I'm like, Evil okay, coffee. you got to throw it away again and then it'll <laughs> come back in two months. But uh, yeah, no, it's been fantastic getting like totally like super pure and sober, man. It fucking feels great. Yeah, addiction, I, can't, addiction, I can't talk a- about addiction it to anything is terrible, you know? Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, I, another, like I was going to say, you know, like I've been watching the YouTube videos, you know, talk about addiction and you want to see some of the craziest things you've ever seen in your life. Just Google or uh, YouTube Kensington, Philadelphia. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. It's pretty much, an, it's the, considered the largest open drug zone in like the country oh you were showing me Holy you were showing cow. me a video of a guy cruising around kensington yeah, right yeah kensington and oh, man. man you yeah, just watch brutal. the video and you see people like they're all hooked on fentanyl and they're shooting up people in the neck like right on the street and the cops don't do anything they just sit there and watch it all go down you're just like what am i watching and there's a bunch of people yeah, down there wild. and they're filming it because they want to draw attention to it not because they want to glorify it they want to show what's going on in these streets and really care about people it's not a voyeuristic or enjoying thing i mean you're watching this and i'm blown away by it i can't believe that this goes on and you know they get into the interviews with the people and like they were asking the girl today what do you need and she's like well we need a facility where we can go shoot up and to me that's just like i don't even know how to respond to that you know because i don't know what's right or what's wrong in it but she's like you know they give us the free needles and then they get mad that the needles are all in the park and you can see it you see they you know people walk through the park and there's just crack vials everywhere open needles everywhere and it's it's scary you know and these people don't have any facilities they don't get any help and a lot of them obviously have mental problems but there's nothing for people with mental problems so they just keep self-medicating, and then they get hooked on that fentanyl, and it's it's literally zombie land. You'll see people standing in the street just completely bent over, like stiff as a board, and just there for minutes and minutes and minutes, just bent over. And people walk in by them, and it, they, they call it zombie land, and it looks like zombie land. It's scary. Jeez, man. And, you, and you're like, this is the United States that this this happening in yeah well that's i mean they encourage that kind of behavior you know all the fucking doctors are getting everyone addicted to opiates and like nobody really deals with the drug addiction problem properly you know and like punishing these people isn't they need help they need compassion yeah i was watching uh i think it was american greed the other day and they were talking about one of the pharmaceutical uh i forget his name one of the ceos from the pharmaceutical companies and he actually went down into like uh miami i think it was and hired strippers to basically be pharmaceutical salesmen because they do anything for a sale. You'd yeah. be like, oh, they take them in the back, they give them a lap dance, you know, whatever, to sell the pharmaceutical. So he's just hiring people just to sell it, just to sell it, because he was like, every $1,000 he put out, he expected $2,000 in return. And man, he putting people on the payroll to give speeches, and if they weren't selling the product he wanted to sell, you lose your contract, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's all about... It's all about making money. It's not about helping people. Not and that's, at all. Yeah, that's what's really scary. And this is something we've talked about. I know mental health and especially when it comes to like psychedelics and the psychedelic future and the oh, yeah. m- mental health, how psychedelics actually give some promise to hopefully help some people with some of this. Psychedelics solve a lot of problems, man. Yeah. I mean, I think far more than they make. Oh, I mean, yeah. you really can't get addicted to psychedelics. No. I mean. It's, it's too much. And it doesn't work. You can't just take it day after day after day. It doesn't do it. Right. You know, you got to give it a break or you're not going to get the same experience. 
Right. And it puts you in such a genuinely good place. Opens you up. Yeah. Then you kind of realize, you know, and it separates your ego from your awareness. Yeah. And you kind of check yourself. You go, what the fuck have I been doing with my life? I mean, that's one of the, that is like one of the primary reasons I quit drinking, man, was because of uh, psilocybin mushrooms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I took a heavy, heavy dose of that and, you know, I just, you know, I start getting in a conversation with myself or my consciousness starts basically criticizing my ego who thinks it's so great that I drink all this whiskey and I'm so cool for drinking all this whiskey. And then I take a huge dose of psychedelics and it's just like, what? That's fucking ridiculous. You're not cool. You're a fucking loser, dude. You know, you drink every single day. You're killing your body. You know, you're just you're just ruining your brain. And like, this is this conversation I have with with the psychedelics. And you sit there and you like, go, oh, I'm going to have a cigarette. And you start smoking the cigarette. And you're like, what are you doing this for, man? Why did you really need this? Do you really need this, man? Right. No, you don't. And it's just like, fuck, I got to as a lot of people call this a bad trip, <laughs> you know, and they go, they go, oh, no, man, I had a bad trip on. It. And it's like, no, you had the best trip because right. you're facing all these problems. Yeah, you're being provoked. Yeah. You're being pushed. That was uh, one thing uh, I know we've talked about. I had an experience with uh, ayahuasca a little bit. And when I went on my ayahuasca journey, yeah, it totally communicated with me. Not like anything ever has before in my life. It, it was the craziest trip in the world. I mean, it, but it really had a conversation with me and it re made me reevaluate the things I was thinking. And really what it came down to me for me is like, you can't control people in this world. You can't control anyone. You know, you have yeah. enough problem trying to change yourself. Just focus on yourself and the rest of the things take care of themselves. Absolutely. You know? And for me, it's just, that's a simple thing, but it's just like, oh yeah, I'm trying to control things too much. I'm trying to get things to go the way I want them to go. And that's just not the way it's always going to go. So just be open to all the possibilities and, you know, just go with it as it flows. Yeah. I always just try to flow with the river, man. Flow with the stream and don't resist anything. It's like it's going to take you where it's going to take you. And honestly, it's going to take you there in love, man. I mean, life is this loving thing. And it only whenever you start getting in the way of yourself and letting other people get in the way of, of you that all this negativity starts occurring in your existence. But if you just if you just follow the path and you just love and you're kind and you're at peace with yourself, shit just falls into place. It's amazing how it works. It's like, don't worry about any of it. You know, just have faith in the process. And all of a sudden, you know, life is just great all the time. Mm -hmm. And for the longest, I was just relying on, on chemicals and like all these different substances to make my version of reality a better version than it was without them, right? And it's like, no, I want shit to be a nine all the time. I just want to be fucking up there, just having a blast, just ecstatic as possible. And it's like, that's just, that's unsustainable. And it always is, it, it always coincides with a one. You know, you're going to have a one out of 10. If you just had a nine out of 10, tomorrow's going to be a one. <laughs> and then you're going to be like, well, if I just take more of these chemicals, and it's, that's not solving the problem. That's not what's going to get you there. Really. Yeah. And it's like letting it all go and like hanging out at a five out of 10 all the time. And you're just like being content at that five out of 10. Yeah. That's really. For me, that's been the secret of it all, man. Like, I don't need a nine. And sometimes shit turns into a six, and it's like, I'm ecstatic over a six. This well, none is of those other ones exist anyway. Those are all gone. I mean, yeah. they were gone or they don't exist to begin with, so you can only really focus on now. I mean, when you take care yeah. of now, it takes care of all of it. That's you know? it, right? You yeah. know? 
the whole concept of uh, uh, of the past and the future aren't real, and they never will be. You that's know? right. It's just it's either a memory that's completely distorted, by the way, because human memory is crap. And uh, and so it's like you have this memory of how things used to be. And you know it's funny, and for me, and I still do it, but I, I accept that I'm doing it, is that it always seems like the past was better than it was when it was happening. Oh, yeah. You That's know, why they call always... them the good old days. Yeah, you're, the good old disassociated. days. Well, you don't, you're not dealing with the weight of those days. You're not dealing with the minutia and the things we blow up in our heads that we think are a huge deal, you know? I mean, so those things are gone, but... If you're really in the moment, you know, it's pretty much the same, I think, as it ever was, you know? Yeah. To say, to leave it to the talking heads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's one of the things I love that, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people talk about, about the whole living in the now, living in the moment concept is like, if you're worried about the future or you're worried about the past, you know, you're not really taking care of what's happening then now. you're not in the moment. Yeah, and it's <clears> like, if you're worried about the future, when the future comes, you're no longer going to be present at that moment. And so you're going to fuck that moment up, too, because you've been planning for the future the whole time. And you're, not, you're just like, it will be here. And as long as your your goal is to remain present in this moment, when it gets here, you'll take care of it great. That's so right. don't worry about it because exactly. you're going to be handling shit right. Exactly. And, uh, and that took me a while to get sunk into my head real good to stop fretting about all of it and just exist right now. Right. Because it's all that will ever, ever be. Mm-hmm. And I know, like psychedelics really drill that home man they because do. time just disappears you really are aware that time is just an illusion this human concept of that that we use to organize the moments in our lives in some linear fashion yep and our brain's always trying to put it into some little narrative that necessarily doesn't exist or we you know we think it exists or we want it to exist but in a greater thing it doesn't even exist you yeah. know it's just your internal monologue you know our inner state is our outer state you know absolutely yeah, and I've been working Cheers on my to that, day. my friend. <laughs> Here, I got this thing going on. <laughs> Click. Yeah, and so um, I actually just uh, took a member of my family down the rabbit hole for the first time. She's been researching it. And, uh, Psilocybins or? Oh. LSD, actually. Oh, the LSD. Yeah, mm. and I gave her a mushroom, too, in the middle of it. You know, like, <laughs> Yeah. I, had some, I like to have some in my pocket whenever I take LSD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the peak start. Maybe a little going. gnome like, or something here. Yeah. Snack on a mushroom or two. It kind of trips the, yeah. the trip. You know, it's fun. Of course. But um, but no, you know, I, I, uh, she's been really stressed out and uh, dealing with a lot of issues in her personal life, as far as family's concerned, as far as like even just herself is concerned, and uh, just basically taking this thing so seriously. You know, mm-hmm. people. Like, I always like to say, you, you think you're real, and that's the problem, you know? And it's like, <laughs> it's like you're just a character that you're playing right now. You're more than just this this body, you know, and this, this character, this identity that you've developed. But it's like it's so convincing, you know? Your brain convinces you that you are your brain. And it's like your brain is, is a tool that you have at your disposal, and it's like you have to separate. You have to clear-cut that separation and go like, no... Uh, you're not in charge, you know. Yeah. Like my awareness is what's what we're going to go off of, yeah, not that my, definitely my paranoia comes across in that psychedelic experience when you get yeah. out of the body. Sometimes, like when I did my ayahuasca trip, yeah. I mean, I was definitely out of body. And when you're out of your body, it can go one of two ways for you: you either embrace it or you can panic. Yeah. And for me, I was, I was enjoying it. You know, like I once my trip started. See, I went on a two night retreat. So the first night we got there, and we met with the shaman and we all, you know, talked a little bit. He went through some 
just talking with us and basically stuff about the world and uh, perception on the world and about perception in general. And then we all drank our tea. So I'm in a group with about six other people, six people, and uh, we drank our tea. We drank our tea. We go back to this little room that they all had set up and, uh, you know, where we could all kind of just enjoy our journeys and stuff. And I sat there and I sat there and I sat there. Nothing. Everyone's starting to go. Everyone's like popping off. I'm like, ho-hum, ho-cum. Okay, what's going on here? <laughs> I go back out to the shaman. They give me some more tea. I drink some more. Nothing. Sat there all night. Didn't feel a thing. The next day, everybody's talking about their great journeys, all the great things that they had. I had absolutely nothing. And I'm like, what's going, you know, what's going on? I, did I get ripped off? Are, are you punking me? Like, are you guys all on in a joke? Like, <laughs> you know, you just made me drink some crappy tasting tea and now you're going to laugh. But, you know, so we went through the next day and then the next night we were going to journey again. And same thing take our tea we take our tea everybody's starting to get into their journeys and i'm just sitting there like son of a bitch right what the what's going on here so i drink more tea more tea and they're just like you just got to be calm if i is going to do with you what i wants to do with you and then all of a sudden i purge i hit the purge you know because that's usually when ayahuasca setting in and i was like and then it was just like a trip like nothing else i mean it was Seriously, the red neon spaceship came and it picked me up and beamed me up onto the spaceship. And then I'm sitting there in this long checkerboarded hallway. And then the checkerboard starts like turning into a snake. And I'm literally out of my body in the astral plane on a snake tripping through space. And I'm like, no, 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 we're not going to do the snake thing because just not going to do it. So I <laughs> kind of chilled out and I'm kind of sitting there. And then all these little like neon Super Mario heads start spinning around. And I'm like, what the hell is going on in my psyche where I'm seeing mixed up freaking Super Mario heads floating around? And then then it started communicating with me. It's like these neon green arms came around me and it was communicating with me. It wasn't like I was out there, you know, it was talking to me about me specifically and things I'd been going through, you know, anxiety things, issues with losing my brother. I mean, it's so many different things at once, issues with relationships, all these different things all at one time and it's almost like overload but it's not it's just like it's so much and it's so freeing and then when you get done it's just like there's a release it's just like this weight and the thing with ayahuasca is it's a lot different than like other like hallucinogenics that i've done is that there's no lag over time you know you don't feel that down in the dirt you know like oh man i've just got hit by a truck or man i just tripped my you know where you know it can be tough on your body like we got done with ayahuasca everybody in the group was hanging out we had pizza you know so we had a pizza party afterwards like it was literally (laughs) that silly like you you're dancing up on stars and 15 minutes later you're having a pizza party it was really the weirdest really weird surreal experience but it was so uh made such an impression and it a lasting impression like the issues I was seeking help with, I haven't had issues with since, you know, you know, so for me, it's been awesome. It's been a great experience and I definitely want to do it again, but then coronavirus hit and, yeah, you know, you get a little space in between, but I'm definitely looking forward to my next trip, but I don't think I'm going to go into it this time with the same issues that I was experiencing last time, oh, which is yeah. proof in the pudding, I would think. 
it definitely solves those problems. I mean, you have to face them head on in a in a like a delicate headspace. You know, you're kind of overly sensitive in that experience, and then you really deal with these problems, man. And for me, it's always been a therapeutic experience. And I've gotten to this this point in my life where I'm like this freaking clean slate in my brain, and uh, I take it and like, you know nothing will come i'll just feel this overwhelming sense of love for everybody and i just have no more issues and, and like for years i've been taking it and dealing with issues and dealing with issues and uh and after a while it just gets to this place where i'm just fucking in love with everything and <laughs> and it's it's such a beautiful place to be because i was such a depressed person i right. was i and I, I i was suicidally depressed man you know and uh it i was just so trapped in like this world thinking all this stuff was real and money was so important and you know it's just like you get fucking lost in like what Sadhguru calls the psychological drama which is your brain is telling you there's all these problems because your brain's like this problem solving machine so it's going to find problems to solve and then it's going to harass you with them all the time and it's like learning that those aren't real problems that shit's going to be okay and you don't have to listen to your brain. That's a fucking big deal, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, I don't, that, these thoughts aren't me. This doesn't define me. And I can just ignore all this stuff going on in my head until it shuts up. And it's like, yeah, man, that's, that's going to drive you insane if you think you're just going to listen to every thought that pours through your head, man. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's just, for me, it's been such an overwhelmingly positive experience that I'm, I'm a huge advocate for the psychological experience, man. Yeah. And, my family member that I took down uh, the rabbit hole for the first time, she's like, I've never felt this happy in my life. I've never felt this calm and at peace with everything around me. And she's just smiling and, uh, you know, and just just totally in, in, in another state of mind, you know. And, like, before that, it's always just stress. And she's always talking about what's, what she's worried about and these problems. This happened in my past and this happened. And... And it's like we go down and, and we start, go, you know, it starts coming on and I just start discussing, you know, these different therapy techniques and these different concepts to perceive reality through. And uh, when you're in that state, it's a lot easier to absorb that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, and, most definitely. And she just, it, for her, it just couldn't have been a better experience overall where, um, I mean, she came out of it a much more positive person. And uh, she's just like everybody should do this i don't know why everybody doesn't do this well, like, oh, well i mean not everybody we so, know why yeah. yeah well yeah exactly got, science got squashed in the 60s with that but it's making yeah. a comeback now i mean that's the i think the key also is you have companies like atai and mind med and uh Midasin. uh there's a bunch of them uh, small farms deal they're all dealing with different things i think mind med for me is one of my personal favorites they're doing a lot with uh lsd uh uh, they have a 18MC. It's an ibogaine derivative, oh, cool. and they're doing things with mixing. They're doing the first uh, tests with mixing MDMA and uh, LSD. They're that's the best experience of all time. That's they're they're putting a lot of research into that, you know. Yeah. And but not only just developing these drugs, but the aftercare. And I mean, because it it's no point if if it's something like fentanyl where you need to be hooked on it, and yeah. you know, like whatever, you know, we don't want it to be hooked on these things. We want to, like you said, have the experience and take the experience with us. You know, yeah. you're not dependent on mushrooms all the time to get that feeling, but you've experienced that feeling and you've come to a new catharsis where it takes you to a different level. That's when it really matters, you know, when you take those things with you. It's not just feeling that in the moment. It's the residual growth yeah. within yourself 
that has manifested because of that trip, you know? It's a constant reminder for myself that I just take myself back to those experiences. And like I said, I spend most of the time completely 100% sober. And, you know, I like I've switched over to vegetarianism and all these things, all these experiences lead me to just like, I don't want to hurt anything. I don't want to hurt anybody. I just want to be clean and take care of my vessel, this vehicle that I'm responsible for, you know, because I don't associate it with me as opposed to something that I'm responsible for that gets me through these three dimensions of time and space. And uh, and it's like so everything is just takes on a different concept different perception and then you treat your body differently you treat the people around you differently and it's like yeah and you don't need that the the high to do that and once you have these realizations and it's these epiphanies that occur during the experience that are so invaluable man yeah yep and that's what i think the is going to be a big future i mean if we you know it's going to depend a lot on fda approval and i think you know it's not like marijuana went you know the recreational route people are not looking for psychedelics to really be recreational some people are but i think the majority of the companies that are involved in it are really want to go the pharmaceutical route because they see the promise in the medicines and you know there's been promise showing uh you you mentioned it yourself back in the 60s uh people using uh, lsd to stop drinking yeah and i believe it, it was works. the founder of aa even talked about the benefits of psychedelics and psilocybin mushrooms and getting him to stop drinking i think they wrote that out of the aa yeah. stuff obviously but i think he was part of that but it's well, amazing yeah. some people like to call it a drug and i don't consider it a drug i consider it a medicine man it is i consider it a medicine big time because there's a difference between the substance that you're going to abuse all the time to feel good and then uh, a medicinal uh, experience that you're going to have that's therapeutic and it'll like take you to the next step in your life. And it's not going to bring you, I, like these things don't bring you down, man. No. They don't. They on, they've, they've only ever lifted people up, man. And even like we were talking about the bad trip concept, it's like, you know, some people just want to live in denial of who they are. And that denial gets completely overwhelmed by this experience. And right. they just go, no, I liked my denial. This is bullshit. And they'll, they'll, They'll say, I'm never going to touch it again, or, you know, and they, they continue on with their life in complete denial of their existence. Um, and so, you know, even that kind of experience, I think, can be beneficial. But uh, uh, to consider it a drug, a lot of people try to call it a drug, and I just thought, I think that's the, the wrong descriptor for it, man. I mean, it's it's medicine. It's, right. it's here to help everybody. Right. Yeah, and it changes. I mean, it truly tra- changes and transforms, you know. It's not something that you're going to become dependent on and that you need to do every week, you know, yeah. methadone or, you know, whatever they stick you on. They want to keep you on the treadmills with, you know, this is about growth. Yeah. And like I said, when I, my next diet trip, I'm not going to be dwelling on the things that was really bothering me beforehand. It's kind of getting to the next level and the next experiential, you know, wherever it wants to take me. That's the one thing I, like I said, I learned about Aya. It's going to do with you what it wants to do with you. It'll do nothing or it'll take you to the freaking neon rocket ship. I mean, whatever it wants to do, it's going to do. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and then like uh, like we were talking about with like um, I think the 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 rates people quit smoking I think it's somewhere like seventy five eighty eighty percent like people uh, use psilocybin one time and then they quit smoking cigarettes or they That's quit awesome. drinking and it's like it's such a high uh, success rate for something like that that it's like I mean why wouldn't we be implementing this kind of thing. And I'm really um, empowered I'm really people. An, you think you think oh, the yeah. system wants empowered people? I don't think the system okay. wants empowered people. Good. All right. People. Good. All right. Yeah, I think they want. I think they want people hooked on opiates and uh, not getting better. You know, we'll just give you this pill that continues to uh, you know sedate the problems without actually curing the the cause. You know, 
we'll just go after the symptoms all the time and oh, we'll yeah. make billions of dollars off of it. And that's, you know, and that's, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, that's capitalism at work and people can't help themselves. You know, greed is one of those things where they just get lost in it and they, they start hurting people around them. That's one why it's one of the seven deadly sins, you know, because it hurts everybody around you when you're greedy like that. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I'm, I'm really interested in the psychedelic therapy route. And I actually have been researching, uh, taking classes and uh, becoming a psychedelic therapist. Yeah, because NYU has a department. I think yeah. Columbia has a department now. Yeah, California has one. Okay. It has one. And uh, I was hoping to find something here in, in Nevada soon, but I haven't found anything yet in Nevada that's yet. actually offering right. it. Yeah, because, I mean, I have a great career here, so it'd be nice to take classes. Or even if I could do it online, you know, and, and At take least the to classes. start, get going, online classes, and then... Yeah, because, I mean, that's going to help so many people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to change the world. And if it becomes a real therapy that people have the option to go and do in a safe environment, and it's clean, you know, you're not getting it from some guy who made it in his bathtub or whatever, you know. Yeah. It's like, no, this is clean. This is made ex- expressly for the purpose of therapy. It was a clean bathtub we made it in. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and they know that what they're doing is safe and that they're in an environment where even if they freak out, it's like you're in a good place. We can take care of you. Well, they're, they're, right now they're, there's a few different approaches to that right now. They're, they don't know, uh, like MindMed is talking about having the people go through their experience at home. Yeah. Whether through with online help and a nurse or someone that would be at your place. But I don't think they're really, they are not interested in setting up uh, offices. You know, therapy offices, like a place you'd go to. A Thai, I don't know. I think they are more into doing the, uh, the, uh, I forget the name of it, just like a medical, pl- you know, yeah, place where you'd go and go through your experience. But I think they're really going to focus in on being digital therapies, like you'd oh, exper- experience these online, maybe like I said, with a doctor at home, and then follow up care through the apps. Like they're really trying to incorporate digital technology with this as much as possible to monitor people's moods, monitor people's results, you know, like after you've had your journey, are you still feeling these symptoms? Is it, is it heavier? Is it less, you know, so they're going to be doing a lot with digital therapies also to help with the follow up and aftercare. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. I was, I would figure they'd be taking people to retreats where there's plenty of nature and, you know, openness and I mean, that's where you really want to take some of this stuff, man. You know, kind True. of become one with the world again. I, I mean, think the there's going to be a. I think there's going to be a big uh, variety, though. Yeah. Like, uh, I think there's just you know, there, like it's it's been a, a science that has been squashed for so long, fifty years, and really not given any attention. You know, so they've got a lot of ground to make up. So uh, really, oh, yeah. there's so much, and like, I think right now, uh, MindMed alone has five, six different things in clinical, one or two be trials you know oh really yeah they're about to go to phase three trials with some of these things which is yeah it's an emerging field pretty much there uh, yeah then yeah. it comes down to implementation and but you know they have companies that are interested and in, i know johnson and johnson might be interested in looking at some of these psychedelic companies too so we'll see what happens in the next couple of years but i think the next five ten years you're gonna see a big change a big development in psychedelic therapies people you know Paying attention to mental health more. You're gonna have a lot of mental health issues. People have been locked up for a year and a half. Yeah. You know, we've had a lot of death in the last year and a half. You know, you got a lot of, a lot of everything going on bad. You know, I mean, everything that you know, so much going on in this country, and not enough, no mental, no yeah. mental facilities for anyone. 
No, I think people just go toughen up, you know, and it's like, that's not the route, man. It's like you're dealing with this supercomputer that's convincing you that it is you and uh, it's it has this whole internal dialogue thing that's that you have wrapped up in your uh, in yourself, man, and like how to how people treat you, how you're supposed to respond to those kinds of things. Like these are these are things that were never discussed with me growing up, man. Like nobody ever ever fucking goes, hey, man, it's like you're allowed to turn the notifications off on your cell phone. You don't have to respond to every single notification on every single app on your cell phone. And it's the same thing with your brain, man. Like that thing's just gonna keep spitting garbage at you all day long. You're not responsible for that stuff, man. Like, just you got to learn how to let it go. This, these mindfulness practices and meditation practices and understanding, like noting the thoughts in your head and all these things, and proper speak, like proper self-speak, man. Where you get in this, like, I used to have a big problem, like talking to myself in a negative way in my own head, like you fucking idiot or you're such a piece of shit and I can't believe you did this and you know, oh my god, of course, of course you fucked that up, you know, and this is just the dialogue going yeah, on, I mean, neg- this, this negative horrible inner, person. Negative dialogue, right. Yeah, and it was like, well, whatever, you know, that's just motivating me to be better and it's like, no, it's not, it is not, that's a terrible way to talk to yourself, it's going to make you more and more depressed, it's going to make you hate yourself, it's going to make you hate life. Nobody has these conversations with anybody and until, like, I had a total breakdown at one point in my life and I'm not ashamed to say that I did man I think people more people should be open about it and I really had to start focusing on these things and actually looking at the way I talk to myself internally looking at the way I behave and looking at the way my mind functions and I was like why didn't anybody ever talk to me about this until I started seeing a therapist and and reading these self-help books and like actually doing something about it it was just like not discussed it's like oh well you know you're fine then and it's like (laughs) I have it I think nobody's actually fine. I there think was everybody... no discussion about it to yeah. the last couple of years. People have yeah. not talked about it. I mean, like you said, it's toughen up, you know, buck up. I mean, everyone's got problems. Suck it up, buttercup, you know, I yeah. mean, get over it. it but that's, that's not... terrible. Yeah, it is. It is. But but they don't know either. I mean, but because they've never had the facilities there for them. So they don't know because they don't have the experience, you know. So I, you know, because that's really what they've had to do is suck it up and toughen up you know and it's definitely not working no it doesn't work it just gets perpetually worse until finally you snap and it seems like everybody has this fucking breaking point and they just they just struggle through their whole lives and then they snap and then they spend years trying to rebuild this whole default program system within their head and it's like man it's just we could be we could be developing these this software inside your brain at an early age, and people could have much better experiences of life and treat each other a lot better, and uh, you know treat themselves a lot better. Yeah. And it'd just be a better world, man. Right. And not resort to the self medicating and the yeah. things that really destroy and you know because like once you you know that's a big thing. Like when you watch some of these videos, like I was talking about these people in Kensington, you see these people who are struggling and it becomes a fine line between what are they struggling with? Are they struggling with drug addiction? Are they struggling with mental problems? And the line becomes so skewed because they're on the streets, they're not getting any mental help. So then they, you know, like I said, you self-medicate and then now you become a drug addict. Now are you a drug addict or are you a person who has mental issues? And what's the line be- between that, you know? Yeah. And I think I think the majority of it is is mental health issues. I mean, somebody I isn't going to just dive into these substances to make them feel happy and feel like something in the world like loves them, you know, because they're not getting love from somewhere else and they're not getting love from themselves. And it's like 
well, at least I can shoot up, or at least I can smoke this and make myself I'll feel numb better for a second. Or numb, feel yeah, nothing, or numb. feel nothing. I mean, some of them they don't even yeah. want to, they don't want to feel anything. This one girl today, beautiful girl, twenty seven years old, and you know they showed pictures of her when she was younger, and now you see her ten years later, and she's she's just sitting there saying, you know, I don't want to feel anything. You know, I've been in such bad situations, and my family's turned their back on me. My friends, I don't trust. You know, and just how the whole world is negative and, and against her. And she's like, I just don't want to feel anything. Just shut down, you know. Absolutely. And, you know, you get to that point, it's like, oof, you know, does it's hard to even get a person to want to get help at that point. And they see the futility and they're not seeing any positives, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the world we live in, man, especially as an Americans. You know, there's no... There's no real base culture for for dealing with uh, your emotions and your psychological uh, characteristics, man. It's like we're just uh, we're just thrown at the wall, and it's like you know, figure it out. You know, there's no like I mean, we have like this generic Christian foundation in our culture, but it's a lot of it's really looked down upon by most of society. It seems like this day and age, and uh, and a lot of it is is practiced really terribly. And not to say that, that Christianity in general is terrible, but I just think human beings fuck that all up and they turn it into a money-making scheme or, you know, like, and so people don't trust any of these systems and they just dis, they just throw out the baby with the bathwater and they're like, you know, like any of these religious practices or any of these spiritual or cultural practices are all garbage and I don't need them and I'm going to go through life without any of it. And it's like, we really do need those right. things. Mind, body, spirit, the three yeah. together. They work together in any any part of the triangles unbalanced it collapses everything you really need to put the three together and that's like we were saying earlier like the mental facilities have not been there for people not at all mental health has been ignored for so long yeah but i think we're going to get a change like we'll see what happens the next couple years and the good thing is we do have a lot of backing with this with a lot of politicians because you got it without the help of politicians it's not going to go far and You know, it's going to be a war with the pharmaceutical companies unless they get their beaks wet, too, you know? so. Yeah, and that's one of the scariest things, man, is those freaking pharmaceutical companies have so much power, and they can just they can just squash these movements real easily. You've worked on these pharmaceutical shows. Oh, I you, definitely have. You've seen how much money goes into them, how much money they have. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, no joke. And we hear what they talk about, man, and the incentives that they offer and everything like that. And it's private meetings, mm-hmm. so it's like they just they are open about this stuff, man. It's like <laughs> that's our, the pharmaceutical companies are very ruthless, man. They are very ruthless, and they they are a money making machine. That yeah, is maybe not that's a, why we don't a trust wellness them. machine. They're yeah. not there to make people better. No, and they do. Uh, and, and on the other end of that coin, of course, because everything isn't just one sided. I mean, they do make incredible medicines that solve a lot of problems, but their goal isn't to make incredible medicines. That solve a lot of problems. Their goal is to make a shit ton of money. Put a patch on it and keep the keep kicking it down the can. And yeah. Keep the kicking the can down the road. You know, keep them That's keep it. them on it. Keep them every week, every month. I mean, That's it. It's like Viagra. Viagra was a heart medication, and they sent out all these samples of Viagra to people, and they were like, "So this is supposed to help with your blood pressure and your heart. Let us know the results, and uh, and you know, we'll give you a, like a month sample or whatever, and then." You know, the results weren't really coming back. And so they recalled it from the people and no one sent it back. And they're like, hey, I'm like, no big deal or anything. But like, why aren't you sending the pills back? And everyone's like, makes my dick hard. We're busy. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what? And, you know, and they're like, yeah, it's, 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 
it's kicking ass for my wiener. And got, got uh, I want to talk keep on these, the phone right now. Yeah, I want to keep these pills. And they're like, oh, well, um, now it's not a heart medication. You know, now it's not a blood pressure medication. We're selling this and we're advertising this as a boner pill. <laughs> That'll make us the most money. You know, and they just stumble upon these things. That's, That's what they're constantly just stumbling that. upon That's these funny. things. Yeah, they're just trying out different chemicals on rats. And like seeing what happens. They didn't see the rat get a boner. Yeah. And so, and it's just like, oh, I guess this does this. So fuck it. We'll throw it on the market. See if hopefully it doesn't kill too many people or cause too many permanent injuries. And, you know, as long as the the returns are higher than the the lawsuits. The fines, right? Exactly. Yeah, then we're in good shape. We'll we'll pay you two billion fines. I mean, we made 12 billion. I mean, come on. That's what they're doing. Yeah. That's all they're doing. Right. It's a business. And they're not there to heal people. But like you were saying earlier, when everything is built on money, you can't expect it to be anything else. Yeah. You know, our food supply is built on money. It's not about feeding people. Our healthcare system is built on money. It's not about making people well. And until we get money out of our heads as being the priority, there really won't be any progress, I think, with any of those things. No, especially not healthcare, especially with the government being involved with it as deep as it is already. And it's like, oh, yeah. it's not allowing the free market to take advantage well, of, this, of the free market systems that would reduce the prices of, the, of your healthcare immensely over time. And it's just like, no, we're just going to keep jacking the rates up because the government's going to float the bill for all these people on Medicare and all these people that are getting different health care benefits. So it's like, yeah, we're still going to charge you $500 for a bag of saline water because we can because you don't see the bill and you don't care and your insurance is going to pay for it. And it's like if I saw the bill, I'd go down the street to the hospital that pays, you know, 50 bucks for a bag of saline water and you can suck it. No one's ever going to come to your hospital again to pay $500, even if my insurance is paying it. We're not paying $500 for a bag of saline water. I'm going to this place that that charges a reasonable price for it, and $50 is even too much. I mean, get get out of here with that. But, you know, it's like everything's so extravagant and blown up, and nobody's involved with this, that it's just gotten so out of control, man. And a lot of problems could be solved with the government getting their fucking hands out of it. Out of it, right. And letting the free market take control of things, man. When you have Congress that can invest in companies that they have interests in, it Kind of skews things a little bit. It does, man. They it shouldn't really be does. able to invest anything in any companies. They should not be able to hold any stock at all, in my opinion. I agree. I mean, I agree. that's kind of a. I think government. I, I fuck. I'm personally. I think the government offices should be getting paid minimum wage, and then you know, let's see the minimum wage go to a reasonable, uh, livable wage. Yeah, and all you don't sudden, get paid. You don't get paid for the rest of your life either. You get paid yeah. for the time you're in office, and then you like. Back in the day. You yeah. Know, you get paid for the time you're in office, then you're out, you're done. We're not paying for these people the rest of their lives. They have socialized health care. They all have health care. They don't want to give it to us. Oh, yeah. But. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. supposed to be a public service, you know, not a fucking get rich, no, kick, you quick scheme. Me? It's good. You got, now you got your hand in the cookie jar. Now it's time yeah. to get the real money, the big money. You oh, know? yeah. And that's, unless the system has it out for you, you'll probably get away with it. Oh yeah, everybody's been getting away with it. I think that's why we saw such a such a huge backlash on Trump, even though he was such he was a buffoon, but he was in there fucking up their game. He wasn't you know? a good old boy. He wasn't no, part of the good old boy club. He was not at all, and he was in there firing everybody and blowing everybody's spot up. And they were just like, "This has to end one way or another. This and, has to end because it's ruining our game." Mm-hmm. You know, we're stealing tax money over here and lots of it. And he's like, <laughs> "Not anymore." <laughs> He's hitting the pharmaceutical companies too, you know, and like all this crazy stuff he was doing, and it's just disrupting the whole game, the whole scheme of it. Yep. I thought it was beautiful, you know. If only they could have kicked him off of Twitter in the beginning of his presidency. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that would have been nice. He could have shut the fuck up and just do his job because he was right. doing a great yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, I know. He gets a little carried away with it, but he's a showman. I mean, that's what he, he does, is. you know? I was always entertained by a lot of it. I thought it was hilarious, the, the ego that was coming out of that man's It mouth. was funny for me watching every day there was a different impeachment that they're trying to impeach him. Like, for the stupidest, craziest things with no proof, and then when there actually is proof, like with Hunter Biden, you don't hear anything. God. They don't even talk about it. If what they have on Hunter was on Trump, you'd hear about every day. It would be number one thing on the news. But that's where they're shooting themselves in the foot, too, is the media has proven themselves to be unreliable in every aspect of our society. Like, I don't really know many people younger than me that watch the news. No. Or pay attention to the mainstream media. Why would you? There's no there's no trust anymore, man. They're just they're just clearly brainwashing everybody. They're like, here's the narrative that you have to believe. Flat out lying. Yeah. Flat out lying. And that's another thing, you know, I do a lot of the investing things. You watch like CNBC and you know, they have their agenda. They're pushing their agenda. And you can see it with the blatantly with the stocks, you know, certain stocks they try to push down and some they try to push up. Like the whole thing what's going on with AMC right now. Yeah. You know, trying to down AMC and they're like, Oh, you know, it's a terrible play it's a terrible you know you're gambling you're throwing away your money and they're not really explaining to people that it's a short squeeze which is going on which is basically the hedge funds tried to sink a company that was in trouble and now they're so they shorted this company they're shorting amc but us the apes have come in and bought a bunch of stock and ribs in the price up and now they're caught in limbo where they have to pay back for all these shares that they've been trying to buy and Rather than say what's really going on, that it's a short squeeze play, and they're saying, well, it's not a fundamental play, and it's a terrible investment, when long term it might be, but you got to realize the reality of what's going on. The media is not giving the full picture of the reality of what's going on. They want to sell their agenda and the way they want to skew it, and that's the way they market it, and it's relentless. I mean, it's on every channel. They're all owned by the same companies, so. Yeah. And it's like, and it's it's all of it too, you know. Some people are like, well, "Yeah, but what about Fox?" And it's like, Fox is owned by the same friggin' people, man. Like, it's all under the same umbrella, and they're all pushing the same, you know, disillusion and the uh, the divisive narrative. Divisiveness, exactly. Yeah. Divisiveness is the, that's one of the keys to it. And then people have not caught on to that. It's like, uh, you know, there's so many problems in the world, and we can make solutions for them or we can just create more chaos and uncertainty. And that's the way they seem the media wants to be is create more uncertainty, more fear rather than bring people together and focus on good things and creating good things. They want to focus on dividing people and breaking people apart, you know? Oh yeah. It's like a apartheid man. Yeah. They, uh, it's the same thing they did to the Indian people and the Muslims, man. They just, they uh, they separated everybody by religious class and then just created all this civil unrest. And it was like these people were united and they didn't care, you know. If you ask them, uh, they're asking, uh, what are you? And they go, I'm a farmer or I'm a fisherman. They're, no, 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 no. I mean, you know, what uh, what, what defines you as a, as a person? They said, I'm a farmer. I farm. They don't know. Are you Muslim? You know, are you Hindu? You know, it's like because that guy is not a Hindu. Right. You know, that guy's Muslim. So it makes, you know, and they start... They start creating different laws for everybody, and they start separating the people as much as they can. So as long as they're fighting with each other, then they're able to just the ones that are top can be able to the min- monkey them all. Yeah, yeah. And, and the British Empire was able to just completely dominate all that area and just you know just ruin it all. Yep. And that's what they're doing to us. Exactly the same thing. Are you right or are you left? Oh, exactly. And it's like I'm, I'm neither. 
I'm not either, man. <laughs> I think you, know? you both suck. I'm sorry. Yeah. You both are the worst. You're both tearing us all apart. Yeah. You're tearing me apart. That's it, man. And Jeez. it's like, it's it's just so hard to be in the center these days, too, and just go, well, I'd like to... I like to think both sides have valid yeah, points. Yeah, right. You got this right. You got that right. But no, no, no. You have to either subscribe to this one or this one. You can't no. have. You can't. You can't be shades of gray. No. Nope. You know. And it's, I don't really think. You know, with the technology we have nowadays and the ability we have nowadays, we shouldn't be a two-party system. We should be able to have more yeah. than two parties. We should be able to have more direct democracy. We can do so much more through the computer. You yeah. know. And that's another thing is. We have the great equalizer. We have the computers. We have a way to get information out there outside of the media, you know? Yeah, I think that, like, the Libertarian Party and, like, even as much as I hate it, the socialists and the communists and all those people, like, just come out. Stop saying you're fucking Democrats. You're communists. Cool. Walk out and say, well, this is what we want to do as the Communist Party. And you can have the Democrats and the Republicans and the Libertarians and the Socialists and the Communists, and, you know, and all these people come out and, like, actually discuss openly what they want, and people can openly vote. Even if they don't agree with it, to be able to hear it and just be able to hear, yeah. you know, dissension or different points of view. I mean, it doesn't mean it's going to be the way that things need to go, but all points should be heard, I think, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and I, I end up leaning even, like, more libertarian. The more libertarian ideas I hear, the better, because it's basically just, like, get the government out of my business, and everybody just has to earn what they want, and I love that, you know? I love that a lot, and mm -hmm. I think that country need, the country needs a lot more of that concept, man. I think that's what founded us, was everyone's going to work for what they, they need, and everyone's going to contribute, and the free market will even that all out, you know? You get what you deserve in that kind of situation, as opposed to everyone just gets fucking handouts man you know and like we'll just cater to everybody all the time that's that never is, ends well it's never <laughs> has in the history of humankind man the second we start uh considering the state more important than the individual it's like then the individual suffers and guess who the individual is all of us the state is the theoretical concept it's just a, it's just an idea it's the company but it's like the individuals are are actually people that are part of the state that need to benefit from all these things. And it's like, if all of us are just getting handouts, then none of us are actually working for anything anymore. And that drives me fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's different ways of working, that's for sure. But you definitely got to, yeah. yeah, don't rely on anybody for anything and make your own thing happen. Because that's one thing, you know, like this last year and a half, I haven't gone back to work yet. You know, yeah. There's really not much work for me. There's been like maybe a week or two, like in the last year and a half for work. And, how am I coming up with money? Well, you got to find a way to come up with money. So for me, I kind of got into the stock thing more, you know, I touched on that a little bit, but I really took it upon myself to learn more about trading and options and, you know, just how to read charts and more about what I should know anyway, you know? Yeah. And for me, it's been great, but I don't consider it working, but I work every day. Like I was literally up at two o'clock this morning getting ready for pre-market. That's wild. Four hours before the market. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, there's a lot going on this week. Is there? Yeah, AMC's been up a lot. Like I said, AMC's been killing it. I got a couple of different things I'm working on, but I'm working it every day, but, you know, I just haven't been going to work because there's not really much there, and I've got two 83-year-olds at home, so I can't really expose them to anything potentially either, so I've been chill, you know. I haven't been down to the Strip since... March 2020, I haven't been in huge crowds since, like, the last job I worked, you know, so I'm just keeping it low, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's silly now because, like, in the last couple months, I've probably been around, I don't know, 100,000 people. Yeah, you've been 200, working. 200,000 people. You've been you know? working. I was at Allegiant Stadium and it was like damn near full. And yeah, it's about I was at MGM Grand Garden Arena a couple times and it was damn near full, plus all the other events that I've been doing constantly. And it's like, I'm not getting sick, you know? I, it's, it's like, it's it doesn't seem like anybody I know is really getting sick. I think like maybe one person, I, I, I maybe. Say we had about four deaths yeah. in my family. No, during the during the pandemic, absolutely. Yeah. Not no, recently, had, though, right? I had three deaths in my life during the pandemic. I'm not saying that COVID, I'm saying that it's like, I think it's, you know, I mean, Filtering it, seems, down it feels like it's going away, it but does. everyone's like trying to hammer us in the media like it's worse than ever. Well, we're I'm a like, transient town, too. You got to realize like a yeah. lot of people coming to Vegas doesn't necessarily represent the local population. Yeah. You know, because... I think here it's been pretty chill, like, but like yeah. I haven't been down to the strip or anything. But that's where I would think a lot of the cases would be coming from. People going down to the strip, and but you were down there, so you yeah, you've been fine. Dude, yeah, it seems like it's just a big like. I think they're just trying to scare everyone into taking that experimental shot, which uh, you know it's like I'm getting backed into a corner tighter and tighter and tighter to take that fucking thing. Oh yeah, they called me yeah. last week from work, and they're like, well. Just wondering about your uh, vaccine status, and I was like, "Well, you don't get to ask me those questions. Thank you. <laughs> Just give me a call when everything's normal. Yeah. If I don't have to wear a mask, or you don't need to know my vaccine, if I don't need a prostate exam, I might come back to work." Yeah, exactly. And it's ridiculous. Like, it's like the fucking bugs going away, but they still wanna they still wanna jab everybody with this experimental thing, and they're like basically gonna take away all of our livelihood and our ability to go anywhere until you uh, obey. You know, right. you comply oh, yeah. with their demands. Unless you have the pass for the app. Yeah. I mean, get the app, get the pass. I'm like, it's nah, like that's fine. It's like fucking Nazi Germany or Soviet yeah. Russia. They're like, papers, papers, please, papers, they're, they're please. Not even that, they're not even doing that in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. This is, this is like World War II level shit, I man. think they're only at like 40% uh, vaccine rate. But yeah. a lot of people in Russia don't trust it either. The Sputnik, no. the Sputnik shot. Is that what they're calling it there? Yeah. It was it's... the first one that was globally approved. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I'm uh, I'm not like an anti-vaxer by any means. It just seems but that's like not really a, a vaccine. This isn't a vaccine. No, it's yeah. a shot. And they even even figured out an they even figured out a vaccine for AIDS or the flu yet. So yeah, we got to add coronavirus to the list. Yeah, because it's not a true vaccine. I mean, it's if it not. was a true vaccine. I might be on board, but now they're like, oh, well, you might have to get a booster every year. Oh, no, you might have to get a booster every five months. I'm like, yeah. man, what the fuck is we're not, that? We're not playing this game. Yeah, and like. Uh, What's it called? Uh, it doesn't even stop anything. People are getting it. They're still getting sick. That's it. You know, and they're still passing the virus along. And it's like, well, okay, can we can we move on to plan B then? Like, why <laughs> are we just going to, you know, plan A didn't work, but we're going to fucking dig our heels into the dirt and force everyone to go with plan A even though it doesn't work. That shit blows my mind. And it just makes me super suspect to everything that's going on. And I'm not the, I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. Uh-huh. Man. Yeah, and it would be it'd be different if it was like, yeah, you, you you take this shot and everybody's doing better, no one's contracting it, no one's getting sick. I'd be fucking like, yeah, give me the shot, man. Right. Let's do it. It works. Let's do it. You know, but it's like, no, nah, it doesn't work. It'd probably give you a heart attack, killed a bunch of people. We're not gonna let anybody really know that. You got to dig for that information. Right. But, you know, killed a bunch of people, giving people your age heart attacks, especially if you got COVID. Oh, I had COVID. Yeah, it's probably gonna fuck you up pretty good, but you have to take it. That's fucked up. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I I forget who it was. Someone we know was uh, working on a, I, I 
forget what show it was, some one of the medical conventions, and they were talking about the flu vaccine. And a uh, guy basically came up, asked a question, you know, they do the Q&A stuff, and he basically said, isn't it true, you know, like the flu vaccine really doesn't even work in the guy up on the stage is like, yeah, but I can't really say that. I can't really tell you that. <laughs> Whoever was recording the session, at the end of the session, someone from Pfizer came over, confiscated the tapes, and took them away. Oh, wow. Because they basically admitted that the flu shot was a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like, right on stage, and he's like, no, we're, we're going to take that tape. Yeah, these are placebos. You know, there's... and. And honestly, placebos work great, you know, like even uh, even like real medication that definitely helps. It's like more often than not, it's like it's the it's the people's belief in it that helps. And it's it's the human body that's really doing all the work when it comes down to it. So, you know, I understand the whole placebo effect, but it's like this shit's dangerous. That's the crazy thing, man. You know, it's like all these reports of how dangerous it is. It's just it scares me. Mm -hmm. It scares me. I really don't want to do it, but it's like. It's starting to get to the point where my work's coming back and then like some of my best clients are like, well, we work for all these democratic companies and they uh, demand it. And so it's like, if you want to keep working for us, you have to have it or we can't hire you anymore. That's why I'm like, glad I'm not that important. Yeah, it's fucked like, up. Yeah, nobody's worried about what I'm doing. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucked up, man. It's pretty fucked up. Definitely doesn't feel like uh, like freedom. No. That's for sure. No, no. It's not what this country was kind of built on. I mean, you know, the ones who want to get the vaccine have the choice and they should be able to get it, but you shouldn't have to be forced to get one. Yeah. You know, and if it's a legitimate vaccine, you really shouldn't have anything to worry about in the first place. Yeah. If you got your shot and you believe in it, you should be fine. What did I see? I was seeing a thing. They had a truck spill over on the freeway. And they had people in hazmat suits and they blocked off air traffic for like five miles and shut down the whole freeway. And they went out there and, like, lit the whole road on fire, burned up all the brush and, like, hazmat suits. Like, hazmat suits and blowtorches and shit. And, like, just, like, I thought this was safe. What's the, what are you doing that for? That's well, fucking crazy. It was crazy. a truck with the with the, with the vaccine in it, yeah. And they, like, they went fucking ape shit to clean it up and, like, make sure there's no trace of it left behind. And that's just, like... So much suspect shit going on. Sign me up. I'll take three. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Maybe if they shot me in the ass, then I'd take it. I'd be like, hey. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah, it's getting worse and worse, man. I'm uh I'm not looking forward to being forced to take something I don't want to take. That's for sure. Yeah. No, I'm a, I agree with you there. I should have the uh right to not take it and yeah. take my I mean, I take my chances. I mean, I know what the Chances are, right? I mean, and I can yeah. expose myself to anything. I mean, but not going out isn't going to guarantee anything anyway. Nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's known. It's nope. all trying to control the wind. You know? That's it. That's it, man. And I think uh, I, I just I feel like a lot of it's already been squashed for the most part, man. It's like Australia, right? Like Australia's fucking wild right now, man. They are on full lockdown. And like, I think they've had nine deaths in the last year from covid and they're like you're not allowed out of your house and like he, yeah like crazy ass nazi ass tactics to lock everyone in permanently and like if you go there they quarantine you for 14 days and it's like 14 days i don't have time for that and it's like well shouldn't go to australia then <laughs> it's like man hey, australians know what it means to be locked up i mean oh yeah exactly that's how they got there no <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're just, it's, it's fucking wild over there, man. People are just taking this to such extremes. 
And, uh, yeah, it's really devastating, man. And I think they're just getting us all used to being pushed around as hard as we, as hard as they can possibly push us around, man. That's what it really feels like. Yeah. It's just like, how much can we get these idiots to comply to all the time? Just constantly under our boot heels as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, they want to put an RFID chip in you. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have to, you know. Apple's got you everywhere you exactly. go. Exactly, there they got you. There they got you tagged right here, That's right it, here. Man. You're already being tracked. Yeah, everywhere you go, your GPS locations, mm-hmm. everything you say is being sent to the NSA. I just finished reading uh, Edward Snowden's book, man. Uh, that shit's crazy, dude. Like it's a wild world we live in, man, where you're just a number and they, they have ultimate control over you, man. It's such a dystopian future that we're existing in now. It's like this is an episode of Black Mirror that we live in, man. I mean, it's just freaking wild. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And George Orwell couldn't have come up with this shit as well. Yeah. I just, uh, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse, man. Yeah. And you see him trying to fuck with our guns, man. Taking away as, you know, taking away every kind of possible way to make your guns as useless as possible. It's like ammo is like impossible to get. Yep. And, uh, well, yeah. Because everyone who owns a gun's a criminal. I mean. Of course. Yeah. Did you hear about that shit that uh, Biden passed now? Where all you have to do is accuse somebody of being mentally unstable and say they have guns and they're mentally unstable. They'll just kick your door in. I'm screwed. Yeah, they're going to come kill your dog and take your guns because somebody you know says, I don't trust that guy. He's got guns. And they're like, oh, really? I mean, does he have like a psychological evaluation or is he being convicted of any crimes? No, don't like the way he looks. Kick his door in. (laughs) I just signed that shit. That's real right now. I believe it. It's fucked up, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just, it's brutal, man, that... uh, that we live in a society where the Second Amendment is being stomped on so hard, and the First Amendment and being first. stomped on so hard. You know, you're not allowed to say anything. I'd be surprised if I don't get tagged because I said the word vaccine in this podcast. Oh, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, that might be it. That so, might be a forget but, uh, the YouTube rules. Yeah, no, it's fine to talk about it. There's a there's a few words I'm not technically allowed to say, like stuff, some of the stuff that Trump was promoting, and some of the stuff that some very intelligent doctors uh, have been promoting. That if you even say the word. They just shut your whole. You get you get pulled. Yeah, it's crazy that they do that. You can't even have an open discussion about it. And it's like, that's fucking wild to me. Yeah, I've like, seen definitely a few people. You know, because I watch the YouTube channels. There's a bunch of guys I watch, uh, especially with the investing shows. Yeah. And one day, one of the guys just gets banned for who knows what he said. But bam, just gone. Took his whole channel down, and he taken months and months and months to build this channel was had over 300,000 viewers I think and subscribers or whatever was doing a great job still and he got it back but he had the problems he had to go through to get his whole channel back he had to go on to Twitter and basically get everybody tweeting that they screwed his channel you know and for no reason but yeah you say the wrong thing you say the wrong thing it's it's fucking wild man. yeah don't tell me what i can or can't say i mean shoot i will i don't even know what to keep track here shoot i'm gonna be i'll be banned in a second yeah you know well, something stupid will come out of my mouth no free <laughs> no free thinking you're not allowed to openly discuss you know topics it's just like no i'm glad we're not doing that repeat today the narrative yeah i'm glad we're not talking about anything poignant today i mean <laughs> yeah man jelly for your brain that's about it that's it man yeah but, uh, yeah, it's a fucking wild world we're living in, man. And it's only going to get worse the way things are going. I really uh, I really hope that uh, we get Trump back in a few years and he can shit all over everybody's cereal and uh, we can get some of our rights back as human beings. Yeah, man. Some, someone who's uh, definitely not a career politician, someone who has uh, 
the people in mind, like not the rich yeah. people, the regular people. You know what I like <laughs> to see run? Not just the rich people. If, is uh, Candace Owens. I don't know. She's her. a she's a black female Republican, and I would just oh. I would just love to see her run. She's very eloquent and extremely intelligent, and uh, you know it 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 checks all the boxes of people who give a shit about that kind of thing. On top of it, because I don't really care. I don't care what your your race or your gender is. People are people, you know. Yeah. But uh, and a lot of people think that matters. And uh, yeah, it would be funny to see the Republican side be a black female president, yeah, the, presidential the biggest, candidate. The biggest thing I think it influences your background and where you come from and your points of view. You know, I think yeah. that's about it. You know, that's about it. I mean, as far as I look, people are people. That's you know, it, I, I've never had a problem unless with anybody unless they have a problem with me. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter where you come from and what you do. Better, never been a thing. Yeah. I think it just, uh, it creates more uh, disruption and, and more uh, division than anything. Yeah, it's a waste, a waste of my time. Cataloging people. <laughs> it's a waste of my time. I mean, <laughs> what what the hell does my opinion really matter anyway, you know? It doesn't. It, exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, take it for what it is, you know? Love it, hate it. Hey, Make up your own decisions. Make up your own mind. That's so it. many people want to be told what to think. No, think for yourself. If you think differently, go with it. As long as you ain't hurting anybody in this world, I say go with it, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. But uh, fuck it, man. I think we've been doing this for... Uh, yeah, I think we're about ready to... Five, I'm ready for yeah, my next beer. An hour and... 20 something minutes Ooh, now. I thought we were only going 20 minutes I know I thought we were going to do a short one see we start talking this That's is what it. happens every time we start talking start talking and then it just uh, it becomes fun and and uh, it goes forever man. it was hopefully we've hit on some good points and uh, I think we hit on brought some things points. back around a little bit yeah tied things in a little bit oh yeah man. <laughs> it's been yeah. awesome thanks for having me I really appreciate it brother dude thank you so much for being on the podcast and okay. I'll do a little thing we'll get out of here thanks for watching to the fullest of Jason Froberg. Don't forget to subscribe, give us a like, ring the bell, follow us on social media. I'd like to thank my guest, Anthony Cosmano, again for being on the podcast. And we are out of here. Peace.